Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Welcome in to Fantasy Sports Daily on a Friday, a spot where on occasion we will uh, throw around the word shocking on occasion. Um, Ray, we, we, we say that occasionally, not a ton. We don't like to blow it up or go overboard, but I'm going to start the show by saying Thursday night football. That was shocking, right? <laughs> 84 points between the Chargers and Raiders. What the hell happened last night? That's what we call a boat race where one team showed up without gas. That was, <laughs> I mean, I, I was thinking about this. I'm just a dude sitting here in a sweatshirt doing fantasy sports for a living. We've been talking about Staley being fired forever. Like you, you, <laughs> the Raiders played one of the worst offensive games of the season, were shut out, and then the week later, after talking about benching their quarterback, set an all-time franchise record for points. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the Chargers are awful. They're a sinking ship. They might be the worst team in football right now, which is saying something. That was embarrassing last night, Kyle. I, I don't guess, and I have not seen this. I'm sure it's been written up if it's the case. I would suspect, Ray, this is the biggest gap in offensive performance and scoring from one week to the next, like from zero to 63. I, I haven't seen it in Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. It, it, it wasn't even a week. It was four days. And you're right, man, with the Chargers. That I get it. Your QB's out. Your Hall of Fame receiver's out. That was that was a quit, wasn't it? But they still have some decent talent on the defensive side of the football, Ray. And they just got waylaid. And I get it, turnovers, and you're put in bad spots. But that, that's embarrassing, and I think you're right. If, if you're the Chargers owner, you do it now, right? I'm, I'm not a huge proponent of firing the guy in season. But this is so far off the rails that you got to make a statement. You, you got to tell everybody you're pissed off. There's no excuses, and now a guy's going to lose his job. And he's going to lose it anyway in right. a month. I, I would just make the move now if I'm the Bolts. Yeah, I saw a video posted this morning. It was back from uh, like two weeks ago, something like that, where Staley said, look, the, of course the team hasn't given up. You know, we haven't gotten killed. We would have got wiped out. Of well, ha-ha. <laughs> um, I mean, the Raiders, again, the Raiders are a middling team at best. They're playing good since they made the, the, the coaching change. Okay, they're a middling team. They just played one of the worst offensive games of the year. There was talk before the game about benching their rookie quarterback yeah. because he's been so bad, and then they go out and do that. They, there's no point. I mean, you know the end's coming. Why wait until the end? Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they, just get him out of there. It's not like getting rid of Staley is going to change anything. They're still going to suck, but at least you're signaling to the fan base and to the players themselves that, yeah, we, need, we know a change needs to be made, and we're going to make it. And, and for those who missed it, um, you know, final score is one thing. That's embarrassing. 63 to 21. It was 63 to 7 with like 14 and a half minutes to go in this game. 49 to nothing. <laughs> it's about the most embarrassing. And, and I get it. Maybe there have been more embarrassing efforts. But, Ray, the scoreboard is the scoreboard. The scoreboard tells the truth. Mm -hmm. I, I can't recall anything looking worse. Like, yeah, I remember the Patriots when they were like flying high. I think they played Tennessee one day up in Foxborough and they beat them like 59 to three or something. But again, the Patriots were a Super Bowl contender. The, the Raiders, Ray, rookie quarterback, they also didn't have their lead running back. I mean, it's, 
it, it was really bad. Uh, we will spend a little bit of uh, more time on Thursday night football here on this edition of FSD. And then we will turn our attention ahead to the weekend. And I got to say, we, we brought this up yesterday on the program. And a reminder, you can always uh, you know, dig into the archives, if you will. Uh, whether you, you listen to the podcast, you go to YouTube, they're all available. Uh, but Ray, we kind of talked about wide receivers being beat up and, and and more of those guys are still beat up today, obviously missing practice and all that. Um, and we've got some good news going on, but I, I feel like this week, week 15, which is the first week of the playoffs for so many, might be our worst week for like injuries to names. Um, you know, all the quarterback stuff is more of the same, but we got a lot of receivers, there's running backs. It's a rough week to be starting the playoffs because there there are like 10 to 15 every week starters that are limping around going into the weekend. Yeah, I will say this. You know, the whole crew is over there at fantasyguru.com. You can use the promo code FSD20 to sign up for any of the products over there. The whole crew's in Discord answering questions. And I was in there for, I don't know, two hours yesterday answering questions. And it hurt my head. <laughs> it really, it, and I'm being so, it, and I didn't want, I had to stop. It's like, because every, every, and I'm not exaggerating, every question had an injured guy in it. Every single question. And, you know, it was, and even in the guys that didn't have injured questions, it was like, well, what do we, you know, what do we do with Noah Brown? Let's assume he's playing. Do we even know who his quarterback is? Like every question, mm-hmm. answer him on Thursday. And where do, where do the crunch time where people need to have those lineups set? And I understand people wanting to ask early in the week, but the fact of the matter is you're right. This week is a mess at all the positions, wide receiver in particular. And it's so bad that as we sit here on Friday morning, there's still a ton of questions we can't even answer because we don't know if the guys are playing. And making things a little more complicated is uh, three games on Saturday. Um, so we will get to those three games coming up, a triple header, if you will. Um, and as we noted, they're, they're entertaining games, even if you're not a fantasy player, if you're not a DFS player, these are games that do matter coming up on Saturday. So we'll take a preview of that. Chris Rose is going to stop in a bit later here on FSD. We'll get his thoughts on week 15, both for uh, DFS and also season long and a little bit of baseball before we get out of here. Uh, the trade is official. The Dodgers, uh, go after Tyler Glass. Now he of the $25 million contract. Uh, they bring him in. Uh, we also found out that Shohei Otani's dog's name is Decoy. Uh, Ray, you're a pet lover. Mm-hmm. The name Decoy. Thumbs up? What, what do you think? I, I kind of like it for, for a dog. It's unique. I wouldn't name a dog Decoy. It looks like I wouldn't name him Cone or anything like that. But uh, it's, I like it. It's unique. It's yeah. not another rover. <laughs> not another rover. <laughs> Although nobody names him rover. They don't, right? They give them human names. That, that's kind of an issue. That that we've now, you know, we've taken the fun animal names, Ray. Rovers, mm-hmm. are, no, no human is named Rover. Right. You know, if you meet a Rover, he's barking at you. Right. I, I kind of feel, Ray, like we're we're moving away from the charming and very animal specific names. I mean, you've got a Dexter. Dexter's a fun name. Right. I don't know if I've ever met a Dexter human. I'm trying to think of that. The only everyone thinks about the killer, right, on the series, yeah. but I don't think I've actually met a Dexter either. So maybe it was up for grabs. Humans didn't really embrace it, so animals said, "Okay, we're going to jump on it." But I, I think we got to get back to these uh, animal-friendly names, right? Okay. And, and decoy's a good one. Decoy's a good one. Okay. Yeah, my my son. Uh, we're doing chapter books for the first time, um, and the what is it? The boxcar children or the. Uh, which I'd never read. My my wife could not believe I'd never read that book. It's like from the 1930s or something. Their dog in that book name in that book is Watch. 
So I kind of like that too. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, well, we are not here to debate nor discuss animal names. Um, hey, oh, by the way, uh, the, the, the beef, I was telling Ray, it turned out pretty good. It was a little more overcooked than I would have liked. Okay. My first run with the, uh, what is it, the round of the eye or eye of the round. Mm -hmm. But it sliced excellently okay. and it was delicious as part of a fridge dip. So I'm a fan. Did you take I've any photos? For everybody, by the way. Did you take any photos, Kyle? Uh, I think I might. I know I did of the sandwich. Hmm. I could maybe I'll maybe I'll send you a text. Will you be able to get a text and then post it to our viewers? Is that able? Or I not? I will effort to make it happen before the end of the show. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll get to that. I'm also hosting a show here, right? And so are you. <laughs> yeah. So, so pay attention. Um, as always, check out our uh, excellent excellent discounts over at fantasyguru.com. There you see it on the screen. Ho ho. Uh, that's the all-in NFL package that Ray talks about. It'll cover you for the remainder of the season, DFS, season long, into the playoffs, beyond the Super Bowl. Uh, so take advantage of that. And as always, FSD20 for 20% off anything. Got a lot of packages, so 20% uh, off of whatever package kind of suits you going into the new year. Okay, Ray, Thursday night football. Um mm -hmm. You know, there was a question here in the chat room. Where was it? Um, well, first off, somebody did check this. The Eagles, back in 1934, and we'll just take this at face value because I didn't even know there was a football team called the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre No, I guess it was in the NFL. Yeah, so the NFL was around then. 64 points, Ray. So they went from 0 to 64, and last night was 0 to 63. So it's been about 90 years, but... I guess we've seen it before in the case of the Raiders turnaround. According to Wikipedia, the 1934 Cincinnati Reds was their second and final season in the league. <laughs> it didn't last long. I guess financial backing wasn't uh, really there. They went 3-6-1, and one, and then they went 0-8. Oh, yeah, said, screw this. This isn't fun. <laughs> this sport will never become anything, is what the owners said. <laughs> the team was shut out in six of eight games. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon Staley should go coach them. <laughs> Um, uh, but Michael in the chat room, and I, this is a decent place to start, Ray. Is there anything to take away from this game? I, I kind of say no. <laughs> it was, it was out. I mean, there were good efforts and bad efforts, mm -hmm. and it was nice to see Devontae Adams really for the first time in like three months kind of look like Devontae Adams. Um, Zamir White was fine. It, actually, it's a little disappointing when his team scores 63 and I mean, he had a game where you would expect his team scored 20. You know, mm -hmm. he just wasn't involved. I, I don't really care about Aiden O'Connell throwing four touchdowns. Like, mm -hmm. that's a, it's like Bailey Zappi last week. You know, Zappi had three touchdowns in the first half. O'Connell had four touchdowns in the first half. Neither guy did a thing. Well, I shouldn't say a thing, but no touchdowns in the second half either. To me, Ray, there's not a whole lot to take away from this game. You? Yeah, and I'll focus on the Charger sites when you talk about the Raiders. Um, they're just a lost team, right? You know, the, the loss of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean, if you take the number one and two wide receivers away from any team, it's tough. Take away the quarterback, too. I mean, it's not surprising they struggled. Easton Stick, eh, you know, super flex, two quarterback leagues, maybe, right? Like, okay. I think the big takeaway there is the fact that even though Austin Eckler was the lead running back and snaps and routes run and all that stuff, time on the field and everything like that, is he just not a thing anymore? Like it, they, like I can't believe that they got destroyed as bad as they did. And we were joking about double-digit, you know, targets to Austin Eckler, six targets for four catches, twenty-nine yards. Like 
okay, don't use him as a runner, use spiller, whatever, but not utilizing him in the passing game when you don't have your top two wide receivers and your number three wide receivers just coming back from an injury that sent him to the IR. That to me was the takeaway that says, yeah, you know, I, I don't know how you don't play Austin Eckler yeah. next week. I don't, you know, but we got to consider it. He is sliding, Ray. It's kind of fascinating. He'd be an RB2 next year, wouldn't he? And and we should note, he is due to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And I, I say this constantly, man. Here is how it goes at running back. Poof. I, I mean, overnight, Ray, he goes from like Priest Holmes level to mostly forgotten. Like he's only, Ray, is it fair to say, maybe this isn't fair because of injuries and but is it fair to say he's only an RB2 now because of reputation? Like, do his numbers and, and, and the usage and the stats, do they do they say RB2 for Austin Eckler? I think it's really interesting because we've had a lot of people at FantasyGuru.com bitch and moan because we had B. John Robinson like two at running back, and he's like number seven running back right now. Mm-hmm. We had people bitch and moan about the performance of Najee Harris. We've had people bitch and moan about the performance of Javante Williams. No one's complained about Austin Eckler, which was worse because Austin Eckler was the first round draft pick. Yeah. Um, and this well, is something because you warned everybody. Well, maybe that's it, right? But it's fair. We did talk about the fact now, and we didn't expect it to be this bad. Let's not, you know, go that level. We still said, hey, he's a running back one. But the offense is bad. They don't have weapons. Uh, the play calling is suspect. He's, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, look at his ankle injury. Come on, man. Everyone's hurt. Like he hurt himself early in the season. Get over it. Like that's not an excuse. So I think it's really just a combination of a guy that was in a a perfect offense for him, not being in that offense anymore with the OC change, things change, losing his quarterback and age creeping up a bit. And he he's to answer your question. Yeah. I mean, he's in the the difference between him and Tony Pollard isn't much. It's just that Tony Pollard gets 18 carries a week and Austin Lecker gets eight. Right. They're both these guys who were drafted to be RB ones this year on a per touch basis, really haven't been very effective. And and to drive the point home, Ray, you know, he was one of those guys who made noises about, hey, I got to have a new contract, mm-hmm. new money, all that. He knew. He's looking at like a one or two year deal in free agency. He's looking at like 10 to 15 million bucks, which is stunning. You know, total, not year. I Ray, I, it, no team's going to get, like coming off this season with his age, with how running backs are treated in this sport, mm-hmm. Kind of wild to think Austin Eckler. I don't think he's gonna have to beg for a job, but he's gonna have to beg for money. Nobody's gonna give him money in free agency this year. I was looking at the the stat numbers, uh, snap numbers. You see me over at Pro Football Focus, and I saw a comment in the article that PFF, and this includes defense, but PFF's top fifty free agents for next year does not include Austin Eckler. <laughs> um, I'll give him credit; he's a smart guy, and him trying to get that contract before the, yeah, I. All, he knew it. He knew yeah. it, right? But yeah, this is, I mean, it might be a one-year, $5 million deal. Like it, it, it may, it may not even, I mean, he may not even get two years. It might just be one year, three and a half million. It might be one of those deals. It's crazy. You know, we kind of say nothing really matters here. Like Trey Tucker, it's like, who cares? Rookie wide receiver gets two touchdowns on three catches. Four targets. Yeah. You know, Myers, Adams, fine. Zamir White, it's. You know, it's nice to see he got the work and such. Uh, you would have liked more. Uh, the expectation, at least as of now, is that Josh Jacobs is back next week. So that's kind of a one and done with Samir White. Um, I will say the Vegas defense, uh, the takeaway there is they may win you the week. I mean, depending on your scoring, they're going to have like 25 points in a fantasy setup. So that was nice. On the Chargers side, Ray, probably the, the, the biggest talking point, and somebody had asked about this, uh, what is it, Sal? Josh Palmer. 
Mm. He was back last night. No Keenan Allen, no Justin Herbert, but Josh Palmer had 100 yards receiving. Sal says, hey, they're going to have to throw right. Probably. But think about this, Ray. They're getting beat by seven touchdowns. This game was over in the first quarter pretty well. When you say 49 to nothing, it sounds bad. But when you say seven touchdowns, God. So this game was over very quickly, which game script. Game script would tell us, wow, they passed the whole game, which is, I guess, sort of true. But, Ray, when you lose the way they lost and you're down from the get-go, 21 nothing entering the second quarter, Easton Stick only threw the football 32 times. Less than O'Connell. So let's let's I let, let's play out a typical game. Let's say in a typical game, the Chargers get beat thirty to ten. There's another <laughs> game. <laughs> Even that's a smash, but yeah. <laughs> so that that's still a three touchdown loss. That's a game script that screams passing. But Ray, is this offense going? You know, to to get to like forty and forty five pass attempts, and to get eight, ten targets, those kind of things, you've got to sustain drives. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to happen with the Chargers. So Josh Palmer, it was nice, but I don't think he he becomes like Ke- like see, if Keenan Allen's out for the year, it, we think yeah, Josh Palmer he should be good for eight or nine targets a week and you know eighty plus yards. Who else are they going to throw to? I wouldn't say that with this offense, and I wouldn't say that with Palmer moving forward. Yeah, he played forty-seven of sixty-five snaps last night, which is I think pretty good given all our expectations coming into the game. Uh, he had the long touchdown, you know, had the big four, one, 13 and one, uh, many things going on there. One Palmer led the wideouts last night with four targets. And, and to your point in the game, they're down by seven touchdowns. No wide receiver had more than four targets. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Keenan Allen situation is one that where, you know, if he returns, I will say this Keenan Allen gets eight to 10 targets. If he's playing even with Austin stick, right. Or Easton stick, that's going to happen. And if they're only thrown it 32 times, and Allen's, you know, got a 35% target share. There's not a lot to left over. So I think that with Palmer last night was as good as it's going to get from a fantasy perspective. He might get six catches, you know, for 59 yards. He might have seven catches for 82 yards. Like he might be, he might be able to do that, but you can't count on a touchdown in this offense. And with the volume likely not to be there, he's probably on the wide receiver three, four borderline uh, going forward. You know, that Eckler situation was nine touches and, you know, in, in years past, if that had happened to Eckler in this sort of game, he would have said, well, they're, you know, why use them? Why send them out there? Why beat them up? You know, and, and maybe there's a portion of that last night. But because of where his contract stands, right, and the fact that the Chargers are moving on, we do see Isaiah Spiller get 16 carries. Mm-hmm. Now, they were pretty well useless. Mm-hmm. But think about that. Like, the backup got 16 carries when they're getting beat by 70 points. You know, it's like, like th- this offense is really bad. It's not a very normal offense. I wonder, Ray, it wouldn't be shocking, would it, over the last three weeks or so to see a lot less of Eckler and more of Spiller just because L.A. needs to find out if there's something there with Spiller as they go into the offseason? Yeah, I mean, Spiller last night, it's interesting. Eckler still played two more snaps. So because, you know, you're, you're, if you look at the box, if you look at the scoreboard and then you look at the box where you think Eckler must have been hurt, right? Well, he just they went Spiller. And yeah, the game's over. What you know, what are we gaining with with Eckler? Two things going on here. One, I don't think they re-sign Eckler, right? We just talked about that. So they they have no incentive not to burn him out if they want to. Uh, but two, maybe it is more about let's see what we got with, with Spiller because Eckler can be a satellite back. Eckler might, on his next contract next year kind of thing, he might transition to a guy who gets four or five carries 
and catches four or five passes. Like he might just become that guy, a third down back. He's hasn't been good running the football this year at any point. He hasn't looked good. The numbers don't say he's done well. Give Spiller a shot. Spiller hasn't done anything, but to your point, we got this guy. He's a young player. We haven't used him a ton. Let's see what he's got. I think it's reasonable to posit that that could be the plan the next couple of weeks. Safe to say nobody else has scored in 63 this week, Ray. You feel confident about that with these other games? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. And I also, I, I didn't look this up because I didn't have time this morning. Um, but someone was saying, like, is this is this the craziest situation ever? What was the over-under on this game? 38? 36, I 36? think. And the Raiders got 63? <laughs> like, has any team ever? I mean, they're yeah, 46. And they were only favored by a field goal. <laughs> yeah. 36 points. I mean, is any team ever 45 over the – my, they doubled the spread and then some. So, yeah, I think that 63 – hey, man, you never know. Um, we saw 70 from the Dolphins earlier. But, yeah, pretty confident that 63 – If you're a self-proclaimed uh, wise guy in Vegas, like you love wagering and stuff or you make calls, very public calls, right? If, if you said, hey, man, I'm taking the under – and I'm taking the Chargers uh, to 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 cover that three points. Like you got to retire today, don't you? I mean, you missed it so badly. <laughs> no, but you know, like with the question from the follower, and like we're, it was so out of left field. Like you could make a case that the Chargers would win the game, and it would be a 44, right? But what happened last night? Like, how do you explain that? So, yeah. but to your point, you know, that's going to be old. You know, old takes exposed all over the someone that uh, said something like that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, kind of an outlier, I think it's safe to say, as we get week 15 started. Also, uh, injuries galore, man. And and last night was affected. Allen was out. Herbert was out. Jacobs was out. More of the same looking ahead this weekend. Um, these names, and I want you to listen to all these names. All these guys missed practice on Thursday. Tyreek Hill, Devin Achan, C.J. Stroud, Isaiah Pacheco, Chris Olave, Chris Godwin, Nico Collins, Brees Hall, Brian Robinson, Christian Watson, A.J. Dillon. All of them, Ray. Now, again, we're two days away from starting up Sunday's action and such. Some of these guys are playing on Saturday, but it's a lot of names, man. It's it's kind of a headache sort of weekend. Uh, you do the Sunday morning. I wish you good luck with all the decisions on Sunday morning. Well, like I said, you should wish me good luck now because people are asking all these <laughs> questions that I can't answer. Uh, this And, you know, just to, to speak to that, and we have previously, I get it, right? Everyone's got busy. It's a busy time of year. Everyone's trying to set lineups, trying to do all those things. But honestly, and I'm not trying to get out of work. I'm going to be at the computer doing work, so it's not that. But you know, folks got to understand you're asking questions and it, it does get frustrating from our side to have someone ask the question on a Wednesday, ask the question on a Friday, ask the question on a Saturday, ask the question on a Sunday, just yeah. wait until we know. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, you know, cause I, well, I that's a 90 minute window in effect, right? For yeah, the most I, part. yeah. I mean, in some case I had someone yesterday who was complaining about, you know, why haven't the, why hasn't ESPN, you know, ruled, uh, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs out of this game. I, I need to make a move. I guess in that league, you can put him on the IR. I'm like, that doesn't happen until 90 minutes before the game. Like that's, mm -hmm. you know, just because it's been reported by Ian Rappaport doesn't mean the team's yeah, got to be a threshold. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I wish people would have some more patience, especially this week, which does seem to be to your point, Kyle, worse than it's been in, in a long time. Had a few guys that went from not practicing on Wednesday to uh, getting in some practice on Thursday. That includes DJ Moore limited. Uh, Taysom Hill, Geno Smith, Aaron Jones, Dalton Kincaid, Darren Waller, all those guys limited. We also saw Aaron Rodgers show up on the limited side. And then I saw a quote right before uh, we fired things up here on FSD, Ray, where Robert Sala is saying uh, Aaron Rodgers looks normal in practice. Now, I don't think he's playing this weekend. I don't think anybody thinks that. but He's not playing. 
there is no reason this if he's out there at any point this year ray that is and this is why he could play that's purely ego driven isn't it it's it's people saying wow can you believe it and aaron Rodgers saying yeah that's me man well i'm the only dude that can do this but again like that's why he may play ray pure ego that it would be that that is a possibility but what i think when we had a made a short out of this people again can follow on youtube at youtube.com slash at elite plus network we did a short where i said look they're going to get to this point where they're, they're going to make the story rogers was ready but we said no that's what this has all been dri- driven mm-hmm. driven toward the whole way along he made a gallant effort but we're just going to shut it down we're not winning anything you know it doesn't matter we're going to look to next year regardless no this is and, and i don't ever want to talk i really don't ever want to talk about this guy again it's the he is the worst person in sports because he does absolutely nothing and we have to sit here and talk about him every week it's and and it's forced in our faces every sunday night football game every Monday night football he's somehow brought up like every game it's just really infuriating there's so many storylines to talk about we always end up talking about him yeah he's He's not playing yeah but ray he's a hall of famer and he man people love aaron Rodgers, right they love him they love him, and he's just a horrible person. Gosh. Oh, it's like your buddy's Nickelback. Nobody knows why people love him, but you love him. I mean, you're it's friends with Nickelback. Performance, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Fire. Ray loves the pyro and yeah. all that stuff. But nobody knows why people like Nickelback. So. Do people listening even remember Nickelback at this point? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Come on, man. They're, they're the greatest Canadian export since the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> I they're gonna say since whiskey, but yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Whiskey tops both. Uh let's get a few questions here. Again, Chris Rose is gonna join us in about five minutes, but we got a lot of questions coming in. Um, let's see. Uh boy, this is one of those names where it's like, what is it actually spelling? B-R-O-T-H-E-N-G-G 21. How about that? I won't oh, even wow. try to pronounce it. Um, am I starting Russell Wilson against the Lions or Trevor Lawrence against the Ravens? Uh, now, one of these games is taking place on Saturday night. Yeah, Denver and Detroit. The other game is Sunday night. I'd probably go Russ Wilson. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I Full credit to Lawrence. He's playing, but against Cleveland, it was a struggle. It really was. He, he kind of put up numbers late uh, when they were chasing the scoreboard. Don't like the matchup against the Ravens. I don't hate Lawrence as a start this week, but I am a little more interested in that floor with Russell Wilson. And it's worth noting... Uh, Detroit's giving up yards. The, the, Detroit gives up plenty of yards. So even if you like the Lions to get up big, Wilson usually isn't a great bet for like 225, but I'd feel okay about calling him for like 200 to 225 and maybe a couple of scores this week. Yeah. I mean, it really is about the touchdowns with Wilson. Cause as you pointed out, he's not a big yardage guy this year. Does have 10 touchdown passes in six games on the road. The Lions have allowed the third most points to the quarterback the last month to your point. I play Russell Wilson. Uh, Lawrence, gallant effort. I don't think he should have played. Gallant effort last week looked pretty good physically, but he flung the ball all over the place. Like he made mm-hmm. bad decisions. He threw 50 passes. Uh, it's, you know, I'm not saying everyone should run from Trevor Lawrence, but I'd be starting Russell Wilson. Uh, Chaka, Najee Harris or Joe Mixon, TD only. One of those old school setups. Uh, Joe Mixon, right? Here's, here's the problem with not playing him. Um, he's fairly consistent getting into the end zone. Pretty consistent. He hasn't been good this year, but he has found the end zone. Um, you know, we, we've seen it what last year against Carolina. What do you have four touchdowns in that one game? That that's the fear here is that this you're kind of saying, okay, I don't like the matchup for Joe Mixon against the Vikings, 
but every week, what? It, let me look at it here. One, two, three, four, five, six of the last seven weeks he's gotten in the end zone. And he has seven touchdowns in seven weeks. Najee Harris, on the other hand, Ray, is not the touchdown maker that mm-hmm. Joe Mixon is, but he's probably been better and the matchup's better. I, I still don't want to bank on touchdowns. I just don't. Yeah, I know it's a TD-only league, and that's probably what you should be banking on, but I, I still like the matchup for Najee. I'm kind of there with Chaka. The matchup is is pretty good for Najee Harris. I think inside the five, he's still the guy for the Steelers. It's difficult, but I'm going to go Harris. Well, just to put it out there, the Vikings have allowed no rushing scores to the running back the last month, uh, which yeah. is the difficult matchup we're talking about. On the other side, Harris gets to face a team that's allowed the second most points the last month. Now we're talking only about touchdowns. What about that last part, Kyle, that Chaka says he also has Jamar Chase? Yeah. Is that – I mean, this is only TD only, so we're not really worried yeah, about workloads here. Thing. It's like I would care about that if, like, suddenly Joe, Joe Mixon fell into your lap and you're like, "Oh my god, I got two Bengals!" But mm-hmm. come on, we're in week 15. You drafted these two guys, mm-hmm. like you drafted Mixon and Chase early. It's like, why is that even a question? Like, you committed to the idea of I'm going to roll with these guys, and I get it. I guess you can say, well, they don't have Joe Burrow anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense has been better, better. With, yes, it has, Ray. It's been fine. The numbers been, don't lie. It's been fine. It's been, it, was, it was bad with Burrow. He had like two good games. Jake Browning's already had two good games. So one of those people? My God. You know, this idea they can't score, they can't move the football with Jake Browning versus Joe Burrow, it's not really true this year. So, again, I, I don't care about that part because you drafted that part. You know, that's, that's on you, not us. I'll go Mixon to answer the question, okay. but – TD only leagues. I mean, I it's fun, cool. We've done it for 50 years, kind of thing. But yeah, that's that's a tough one. PPR from Michael gets one of these three: McLaren, Dobbs, and Isaiah Likely. Right? We still don't know on Watson, um, so that Dobbs's workload's a little up in the air. I will say with Dobbs that it makes me very nervous uh, because the Packers seem to want to throw the ball to everyone. Right. And Dobbs is kind of selling into four or five targets. And if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's giving you eight points. Isaiah likely had a big game last week and, you know, all that. But, you know, he's still he's not a guy catching eight or ten passes. Right. I'm going to go McLaurin. And, you know, it's it's not a it's not a great matchup. He is some for some reason they throw the ball 40 times a week and they, they don't get him involved, which I don't. He's really disappointed on that angle of things. But I think he's the best play of these three guys in week 15. Hmm. I might go likely. And the danger there is he's had one good game in the last year plus. <laughs> so understand what you, I might go likely there. I, well, I still think the Ravens are driven to that tight end spot. Last week was strong. Uh, the Jags, what even last week, David and Joku went for a couple true. of touchdowns at the but, tight end position. But remember, too, and I look, he's catching, he's gone four catches for 40 yards in two straight games, right? So if he's giving you eight points as a tight end, yeah. As a flex play, that's really boring. Not good. Yeah, it's not, not good. good. And that touchdown, and I, I joked about this in my matchup article over at fantasyguru.com. It's impossible to be on a football field and to be more wide open than Isaiah Likely was on his touchdown last week. It's impossible. He was open by like 30 yards. Like it's in, and uh, luckily he had enough time to get his speed going because Lamar Jackson underthrew him by about 15 feet. So I, you take away a blown coverage and it's eight points. So he's a solid tight end play, but I don't really want to use him as a flex. Okay. Uh, Appreciate the questions. We'll take more of them there in the chat room, but we will break away from that spot. And as we continue on Fantasy Sports Daily, it is time to welcome in Chris Rose. 
who is with us as we uh, look ahead to week 15. I think Chris will be hammering out all the Sunday DFS opinions and takes. Uh, Going to be a busy Sunday, even with the three games on Saturday. Chris, good to see you, sir. Wow, you're a gutsy Red Sox fan. Nobody <laughs> lets people know they're a Red Sox fan anymore. How are you doing today? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, I just like the hat. Let us let me just uh, say this first. It's because it has the, uh, the the World Series logo. That's it, guys. Okay, okay. so he's not committing to all yeah. things. Sox. I'm a Marlins fan. Let's be real here. Yeah, okay. Well, hey, that's that's gutsy, too, being a yep. Marlins fan. Um, you know, Saturday, I mentioned these three games and they're kind of uh, interesting and, and fun playoff worthy games, you know, teams that are fighting for the playoffs. We've got, uh, let's see, uh, Minnesota, Cincinnati, we've got Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, we have Detroit and Denver, three games coming up tomorrow on a DFS slate. You can play this as all three games. You can do showdowns, however you want to do it, but wide receivers kind of interesting tomorrow because you've got studs, you've got Jefferson and Chase who are both playing. Um, you've got Pittman, you've got Amon Ross, St. Brown. They're all fairly tightly priced over at DraftKings. If if I said, Chris, give me the ranking of those four for Saturday and the DFS slate, Jefferson, Chase, St. Brown, and Pittman, how would you stack them up tomorrow? It's funny. It, it would be just in that order. I mean, okay. so with uh, – I think Jefferson and Chase are probably going to have a lot of ownership there, but I think those are the guys that have the best matchup out of the four. Then if you go to Amon Ross, St. Brown, going against a tough Denver secondary – that's I, I'm off that. And then if you look at Michael Pittman, Pittsburgh's been really good defensively in their secondary over the last four games, giving up 97 uh, receiving yards, seven and a half receptions and no touchdowns over the last four games to wide receivers. So that's a tough matchup for Pittman. I think he's going to also Gardner Minshew. I think he's going to get pressured a lot. I don't like that spot. I'm not going to pay that much for for Michael Pittman when I can go, you know, spend either 300 more for Jamar Chase on DK or 800 for for Justin Jefferson. Chris, we're at that point of the year where unfortunately some people are out of the playoffs, right? And um, they're not playing right now in the seasonal aspect, so maybe they're going to the DFS game. And again, people mm -hmm. can use the promo code HOHO uh, for the football package through the Super Bowl, which includes seasonal betting and DFS. Just a general question on DFS. Maybe some people are, again, matriculating in for kind of the first time this year. Do you have a preference for FanDuel or DraftKings? Uh, and any, any general tips as to which direction someone might go if they're not in this every single week? Yeah, I think for the best user aspect, I think it's DraftKings. I mean, the pricing's a little bit easier where you can kind of create lineups a little bit easier on DraftKings. Plus, I think Fantasy Guru, we kind of cater to the DK aspect a little bit more. I know that my article was more so geared towards uh, DraftKings just because I feel like the builds are a little bit more level across the, across the you know, from quarterback all the way through your defense. So for me... Um, I think the 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 DK side is a little bit easier for the newbies, if you will, coming from the yearly to the DFS side. Where are we at this week in particular, Chris, with Justin Fields? Because as we've discussed, as everyone's discussed, the quarterback position is a mess. There's all these guys hurt. There's players we don't know about. There's all these unproven players. And then you've got Justin Fields, who's got the Browns, which on the on surface, obviously, is not a great matchup. How interested are you in playing fields in either a seasonal or a DFS aspect this week? It's funny because it is a tough matchup. Cleveland does a good job in their secondary. What they don't do well is containing the quarterback. Over the last four games, given up 12 rushes, almost 70 yards per game on the ground of quarterbacks. When you play Justin Fields, you think about the running aspect, what he can do on his legs. For me, if I have Justin Fields and yearly, I'm playing him and hoping that he can just rip off one against his defense. He's going to get pressured off the edge. He's going to have some ability to run in this game. Um, 
So, you know, we, we tend to, to, to kind of lean towards the, the Justin Fields scoring touchdowns on his legs. We've seen him go over 100 yards a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. And the connection with DJ Moore is a little bit stronger than what we've actually thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm fine with Justin Fields this week. Uh, it doesn't sound like C.J. Stroud's going to play. I mean, it's, it's fairly unlikely. He's still in protocol, and we all saw the hit last week. He's done nothing this week. Now, maybe there's a, a last-minute surprise, but we have to assume, Chris, that he's probably not out there for Houston. Th- this offense has kind of surprised us, you know, with receivers stepping four. Singletary had his moment. But if you don't have Stroud out there, like are guys like Nico Collins and, and really the whole collective – are they off your board for season long? I mean, can can you play these guys with Davis Mills? It's tough. It's like the the Houston team of last year, you know, trying to hope that Davis Mills can kind of stretch the field a little bit. But no, for me, actually, you mentioned this game. Uh, I don't want to mention who's gonna who might be my core four, but it's a quarterback on the other side of this game who I really <laughs> like a lot. Um, but no, I'm I'm completely <laughs> off. I th- I think the Tennessee defense is actually a fine play this week if Stroud is out. Yeah. Let's keep the talk going about the quarterbacks in particular, Chris. Uh, let's go to the Jets and the Dolphins. And this is, again, one of those topics we don't know. Tyreek Hill's got the ankle issue. I think we all expect mm-hmm. him to play, but we don't know for certain. You've got the matchup with the Jets. There's talk about wind being involved. Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, people who have you know ridden this guy to the most passing yards in football this year are now really afraid of playing him this week. Talk us through your mindset with Tua heading into Week 15. Sure. Yeah. If you lose a, a playmaker like Tyree kill, I kind of go towards, I don't know if you saw the the interview with Cam Newton this week, talking about how Tua is a, a game manager, um, which was just funny how he, how he brought that up. But if you lose a, a playmaker like Tyreek, I think you lose a lot, especially if there's going to be some win, some issues here with that game. I would be completely off him. I think there's other guys in better spots that, kind of like the guy that I like for Tennessee. Um, but it's he's not he doesn't have a top five matchup for me. Um, I respect that defense a hell of a lot. You know, he has the second worst matchup on the slate. Then you lose a guy like Tyree Kill. You try to depend on, you know, then then you feel like it's going to be a Devon Achan and a Raheem Mostert type game. I'm completely off that. What about Patrick Mahomes? Still expensive, not producing. Throwing yep. hissy fits like a six-year-old. <laughs> Difficult matchup this week against the Patriots on the road. What are you thinking with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, another guy, another big name with, with a tough matchup. Um, I, I respect the New England defense. We saw that Bill Belichick may be out. I think he's going to go out in a last hurrah. Um, New England's defense is really, really cheap here. and We have saw Mahomes kind of get frazzled a little bit, have some turnovers. If you're going to play DFS, I kind of like the New England defense. Save some money there. I think they're like 2500 2300 on DK. I've been tending to kind of go towards these cheap defenses. If I they get some pressure on Mahomes, I think we could see kind of a, a complete unwinding of, of Patrick Mahomes this week. Well, reputation will keep their ownership low because we think, oh, the Patriots suck and the Chiefs are great. But you're right. I mean, this matchup is not as fearsome as it they sometimes look- appear. Yeah, and they lose a lot with Pacheco being out. I mean, of course, you got Edwards Hilaire and you got Jet McKinnon, but do you really trust those guys that much? I don't trust them in between the tackles, so it becomes a one-dimensional game. You shut down Travis Kelsey. They don't really have the wide receiver set for Rasheed Rice to kind of stretch the field. I mean, I like I like doing those defense a lot this week. Well, to string out that game a bit, um, and again, some people may consider these guys, some not, but – if in that game, you've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who you mentioned. Um, on the other side, Zeke Elliott. Uh, who's going to be there. Um, also in the late window, we've got Rico Dowdle, 
on the road at Buffalo. If I were to take those three running backs who are none of them superstars, but they are cheaper plays or at least, you know, bargain plays, if you will, Zeke, Edwards, Alaire, or Rico Dattle, who, who would get the call from you in DFS? I might be a little biased here, but I'm playing Zeke this week. 13 targets over his last two games. You think they're, they're going to be down in this game. He's probably going to have another eight target, seven, eight target game. They're going to, you know, they're going to run them. Last four, last four games, um, Kansas City's given up five receptions, four to three yards to running back. So I think the upside in a PPR league or on a on D, let's say it's like DK where you do get the full, um, the full point for reception. I love Zeke this week. He's I don't think he'll get a lot of ownership. And again, if he's involved in the passing game, we saw how good he was last week in the passing game catching a touchdown. So, man, give me some of that. Yeah, maybe game script proof uh, if you look at Zeke uh, for this yeah. game. Uh, last thing for you, Chris. Ray and I were talking about the Bengals, Jake Browning, the offense, you know how it's like. Um, I, again, I'd rather have Joe Burrow. I think we all would. <laughs> you, you play with pedigree here. But tell yeah. us about Jake Browning. You you were a former quarterback, so you kind of have a, a, a different you know level of uh, interest or maybe even insight, I should say, into the quarterback position. Uh, what do you think with Browning? Is is it legitimate? Is it just two games? How do you feel about him leading the Bengals tomorrow? I mean, if you go back to what he did in college, he was a 65% passer and the completion rate. He was 150, you know, QB uh, quarterback rating. He did throw 94 touchdowns in his four years at Washington. He had a big season where he threw 43 touchdowns. So the, you know, we know that he can do it. He's completing 75 and a half percent of his completions this year. Here's the thing, though, from a quarterback's perspective, like if you surround me against three really good wide receivers with Boyd, Chase and Higgins and then a running back that has been involved in the passing game as well. That's enough recipe for me to, to have success. We've seen him have success. We've seen him be able to stretch plays. We've seen him kind of create plays with his legs. But if you have a wide receiver that is arguably could be wide receiver one when healthy, you can have a lot of success being an average quarterback. Mm-hmm. By no means am I saying that Joe Burrow is an average quarterback, but in the same sense, could it be a system? Could be a system quarterback, but I mean, you surround any type of quarterback with playmakers like that. And I, I say this about Brock Purdy, like he's a DFS play every week because you have a 1A, 1B at wide receiver with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Then you add in the ability with like a CMC out of the backfield. I mean, you surround these guys with playmakers that can take a ball, a five-yard hitch or five-yard out and take it the distance. We saw Chase Brown do it last week. I mean, there's so many playmakers on this offense that, He's built for success. Any quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Bengals, uh, Vikings, that's 1 o'clock tomorrow to get the uh, weekend started. And we will have DFS coverage uh, for the Saturday slate right here at Fantasy Guru. Of course, the usual stuff on Sunday. Uh, Chris, a pleasure, man. Great to have you on board. We don't get to do it a ton, but when we do, we always enjoy it. And uh, great insight. And uh, we'll be looking for the uh, column on Sunday, okay? Thanks, guys. And if I don't see you or if I don't talk to anybody, happy holidays. Uh, yeah. Be safe, everyone. Absolutely. Second that. Uh, Chris Rose joining us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Good to be talking some uh, football with him. And uh, Ray, we mentioned those games tomorrow, 1 o'clock, 4.30 and 8.15 are the kickoffs. Vikings, Bengals, uh, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, Detroit. I I, I was looking at that uh, Indianapolis game. Zach Moss, the last two weeks, Ray, have work, but no results. Mm Mm-hmm. Does a Zach Moss owner in season long have to go back to him again? Yes. Hmm. And it's come up and people said, oh, Ray, oh, Ray, all right. And I get it. I can't say I don't get it because duh, right? I can read stat sheets. 
But to your point, there's such volume here that, and it's something we've talked about. It's not just volume of touches, it's volume of snaps. He's it. Like the other running backs on this team aren't even on the field. And last week, though, the numbers weren't good. We mentioned earlier this week as well that he saw eight targets in addition to everything else. Uh, he's averaged 95 scrimmage yards at home this season. You know, you got to go with him. I think that at worst, at worst, he's a solid running back too this week for people. I think Along, you can still make the argument that yeah. he's higher than that. Yeah. Along those same lines, the uh, nightcap uh, Lions hosting the Broncos. Jared Goff has mm. been a little quiet. Is Is he still a starter. I think he is going into this weekend. If you've been starting him or, you know, he's been with your team all season. I don't love him this week, but I think he's still a QB one, a top 12 option this week. Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnall on the offensive line look like they'll be back, which is obviously a huge addition if they can return uh, the left tackle in the center. Uh, it's a home game, which, you know, I, the storyline, and we've talked about this for the years, that golf is terrible on the road and great at home is overblown, but there is truth to it. He is better at home. Um, it's not an easy matchup per se. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that right now we've got him ranked this week 13th at quarterback at fantasyguru.com. So, you know, kind of right there, which obviously depends upon who you picked up off the waiver wire and all that. So I think he's star he's startable. Is he a gung-ho start to your point? No, he's not. A couple of other uh, quick questions on the football sides that have uh, come in the uh, via the chat rooms. Vinny says, Romeo Dobbs or Chris Godwin? Now, again, Godwin's missing practice. As of now, um, I, I think there's a chance, right? He is not playing this week. And I think he may even give it a go, but that's kind of a touch and go situation with Godwin. And and last week was the first time in a while that he's kind of felt like Chris Godwin, that he kind of performed like Chris Godwin. The problem is I'm not convinced of Romeo Dobbs here either. He's, I might just go Godwin as long as he's out on the field and in the lineup. Uh, if they're both active, and again, Watson's not out there. I don't know. If they're both active, I'm okay leaning with Godwin, but we've got to check the news today. It's going to be a very important day because at this point, he's in practice this week, if I'm not mistaken, right? So yeah. we we need to see. But, you know, I think the takeaway is that both guys are 10-point guys, right? It's not likely either one of them is going to have a blow-up performance, so you're probably not, probably not going to feel terrible going one with the other. But as of right now, it would be Godwin. Uh, Joel is looking for a uh, wide receiver and a couple of flex PPR. So three of these guys, um, Wilson, Sutton, Cooper, Ridley, Mixon, <laughs> Javante Ford, and Kyron Williams. I guess we know why he's in the playoffs. That's yeah. <laughs> hell of a collection there. So Garrett Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Cooper, um, that's Mari Cooper, Ridley, Mixon, Javante Ford. I, I will say this, Ray, um, to me, Kyron Williams has to start here. The matchup's nothing fearsome, and the guy's getting twenty touches. That, I day. think that's I think that's Walker. Oh, is it Kenneth? You're right. That, that's that's the thing. People do this to me too. Yeah. Please yeah. use people's names because <laughs> this comes up all the you're time. Right. And I've I've answered this, I've started to answer this question about five times this year. I'm going. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's Walker. You're right. You're correct. Okay, so so I can't. I don't have that out. Um, like I I want to play Sutton. But I also want to play Javante Williams, and I don't really want to go teammates. I don't think I'm going Javante Williams. Well, I'm going to go Javante Williams. We're both going to go Mixon, right? I, I was still right. Joel already has Kyron Williams on his team, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. I somehow was reading into Joel's mind. Yeah. I'm going Mixon, Williams, and I'm going to go with Cooper because I don't want to play teammates Mixon. with the Broncos. That's the way I would play Mixon, Javante Williams, Amari Cooper. Cooper. Hmm. 
I'm going to go Wilson, Mixon. And it does come down to probably Sutton or, or Javante Williams. The PPR, I'll give it to Sutton. He's been a touchdown maker. That really butters the bread. So, yeah, Wilson, Sutton, and Mixon for me. What'd you say again? I went with Mixon, Williams, and Cooper. Okay, so we're a bit different. And as Jeff Mann said, these are first world problems. (laughs) Well, he may be out of the playoffs if he makes the wrong choice on that problem. (laughs) Okay, good stuff there, Joel. Congratulations on building that dynasty. You're almost like the L.A. Dodgers. Almost. (laughs) Um, here's another one. Uh, Bell Canto, Russ Wilson, Artua for this week. I, I have to go. Well, God, against the Jets. We got, so again, this is what we're, we talked about this with Chris Rose. You've got the Jets. You've got wind projections of 20 plus miles an hour as Gus. I don't think I'd, it's go, Russ. I'd go Russell Wilson concerns about Tyreek Wilson. As of right now today, I'm going to a, okay. But but let, but here's the big caveat. There's two caveats. One, I don't know if Tyreek Hill is playing. And two, I don't know if Devon Achan is playing. Mm-hmm. And if, if both those guys are out, hell no. If and one of them is out. The weather. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to it as of right now. But the question is not one I feel comfortable answering. What if, what if Hill is playing, but Achan is not? Does that then I, I, I'm. I think I'm still going to have Tua because you yeah. said this earlier when we were we were talking about Russell Wilson. You're totally true. It's totally accurate. Russell Wilson struggles to throw for 225 yards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if he gets two touchdowns, you're fine. If he doesn't, you know, and Tua can get two touchdowns flipping the ball to Durham Smythe and Cedric Wilson, even if he doesn't have a big game. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. So I think it's going to end up being Tua. But if Hill and Achan are both out, I would change my opinion. Yeah. And and you probably won't get that news on on Hill and H until Sunday morning would be my expectation, and and Wilson obviously playing on Saturday night. You bring up a de- like if if both Wilson and Tua throw for let's say 180 yards, who's going to have more touchdowns? I'd probably go Tua. That's the way I'd lean on that one. So yeah, and and, okay. and Tyree Kill did not practice today. That news yeah. is just coming in. But uh, see, I it, here's the thing with Hill, right? He obviously played at the end of Monday night. Yeah. There's no reason for Tyreek Hill. To, that, to me, it, it's not good news. I'm not saying it's good news. But whereas with other guys, it's like, oh, gosh, he's really doubtful. The fact that he played at the end of Monday night, uh, the fact that the Dolphins are still trying to get something done in the playoffs, get seeding, and the fact that Tyreek Hill is a vet. We've seen him play through injuries before. I I kind of think he's going to give it a go Sunday. Here's, that, that be, here's Barry Jackson quoting John McDaniel, the head coach. Quote, when we talk, if he's confident he can go in himself and we have the support of the trainers that are responsible for the risk, then he will play. If not, he won't, unquote. <laughs> so, I like how he threw it on the trainers. They're the ones responsible <laughs> yeah. for the risk. Ask the doctors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I love it. If Tyreek Hill thinks he can go. Has Tyreek Hill ever believed he's not good enough to do something? <laughs> great point. Yeah. So I think we're good. Uh, before we get out of here, a uh, little bit of baseball. Ray, the glass now deal is pretty well finished and it was rumored 48 hours ago and it stuck the same it's Glasnow and Manny Margo off to the Dodgers Tampa gets uh, Ryan Pepia and Johnny DeLuca who's an outfielder um so it 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 works for both teams like this is what Tampa does and they're not paying Tyler Glasnow 25 I think Margo was 10 million Ray they saved 35 million bucks (laughs) and I think they got money did they not they also got money from the Dodgers and and the Dodgers just write blank checks. But 
I, I get the excitement with Glasnow, Ray, and when it's right, it's great. But I, I'm looking at this, and it's like, if he gets 125 innings, like if I'm drafting Tyler Glasnow, I'm kind of baking in two DL stints or two IL stints. I'm hoping for 130 innings from the guy this year. Yeah, if everything comes together, and in 2025, all their guys are healthy, they've got Otani, Glasnow, Bueller, Bobby Miller. Woo! Like, that's some smoke. Is it going to come together? Otani's going I mean, back. Otani's from not pitching this year. Well, not, not, I said 2025. Yeah. Oh, 25. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Otani's coming back from injury. Bueller's coming back from injury and surgery. Both of them. Glasnow, to your point, threw 120 innings last year. It, it, it gets lost because he's so dynamic and dominant. But he's 30 years old. Last year was the first time he ever threw 120 innings in the big leagues, ever. Mm -hmm. The last time before last season where he threw 100 innings was 2018. So he's thrown 100 innings twice in a career that began in 2016. So he is a fantastic, dominant, out-of-this-world talent. And if he ever made 30 starts, he, he's in scion consideration. Yeah. But where is that? That has not been evident. So you're totally right. And you said it very well earlier. They basically got a right-handed Clayton Kershaw to maybe replace the left-handed Clayton Kershaw that's not going to pitch for him this year. But even saying that, Kyle, Clayton Kershaw still throws 128, 127, 132 innings. Glasnow's yeah. never gotten there. Crazy. Uh, a couple of minor signings uh, with pitchers. Tyler Molly, who's coming off Tommy John's surgery, he's uh, inked a two-year deal with Texas. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing they won't shove him back out there in April. I mean, they're going to give him time to get right. Um, and, and make sure he's healthy. It's more of a 2025 deal probably for Tyler Molly. And then Jake, uh, Jack Flaherty going to Detroit one year, 14 million. So the classic pillow contract for uh, Jake, uh, Jack Flaherty there. Yeah. And he, in essence, replaces, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez. But I, I saw that. And again, I get it. Right. And, you know, he's not a bad son. And they also had a Kenta Maeda. They're hoping that Manning and Olsen take the next step. Tariq Skubal really looked great at the end of last season. So I get the addition. But didn't 14 million sound high? I mean, you saw Jack Flaherty forever, wasn't that? To me, that was yeah, my initial reaction. I, I, but it's not like exhort. Right? I think yeah. for a right-handed pitcher who has talent, you're going to get 12. I mean, mm -hmm. hell, Lance Lynn, Ray, who's washed up, got 12. Mm -hmm. Jack Flaherty could still have a moment. <laughs> <You know? laughs> At Detroit, and, and the AL Central is kind of like, who cares? I get it. But Detroit has a shot of winning that thing. They really do, Ray, a shot of winning the Central this year. I mean, again, Scooble, Maeda, Flaherty, Manning, Olsen. I mean, that's not a bad pitching staff if those guys stay healthy. Solid. Yeah, they, they've got Parker Meadows, who came up late last year and you know showed some nice moments. Riley Green is ready to have a huge season mm -hmm. if he can stay healthy. Torkelson took that next step. Kerry Carpenter became a major league hitter. They added Mark Canna, who's not a superstar, yeah. but he's obviously he was really good down the stretch last season as well. Javi Baez could have a rebound season. They've got pieces, and yeah, you know, it's it's not a great division. They they could be competitive this year. Probably still last place in the AL East, but it could win the AL Central uh, if you're Detroit. Um, okay, that's where we stand heading into the weekend. Uh, a pleasure as always. Great questions in the chat. Very busy in the chat room, so we appreciate that. Uh, love hanging out with you people each and every day. We'll be back on Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, stuff throughout the weekend. A lot of columns popping over at FantasyGuru.com today. We've got live streams Saturday and Sunday. Uh, cheat sheets, DFS coverage for Saturday, the usual stuff on Sunday, uh, showdown piece from Ryan Clifford going into Sunday night football. Uh, that's Jacksonville and Baltimore. And of course, NBA, NHL, EPL, all of it is covered over at fantasyguru.com and take advantage of that ho, ho special. Uh, Ray, have a great weekend, man. We'll talk Monday. Looking forward to it. You have a great one yourself.
This has been the uh, final edition this week of Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.